Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho, what is your palate favorite? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head, 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking them. Right <laughs> he clearly, right? oh, ocean snook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life. Mm-hmm. And you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here's your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlan. Hey everybody, welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest. Dwayne England, Tommy Donlan here, and in-studio guest this evening, Mike Groff, four season fighters back for more views, my friend. Thank you. Good, good to be here. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, good to be here. May I have another? Yes, you will. We have uh, plenty to get to with you as we progress through the show tonight. Some good stuff going on with four season fighters. Wanted to bring them back. Let you all know what's coming up and uh, what is going on with those folks. Tommy, we are back here in studio after an amazing weekend last weekend. Yeah, phenomenal. At the Iwako Tuna Club tournament. Yep. Big money. We're going to cover money. that. We have a lot of information that revolves around tuna and a number of other fisheries to get to tonight. We're going to have a recap on this uh, Iwako Tuna Club Invitational. Biggest payouts on the West Coast for any albacore uh, tuna tournament that exists. Uh, fantastic opportunity for us to hang out and just kind of take it all in. So we're excited to bring that to you tonight, along with a lot of other stuff that we'll get to. But before I get too far along, I want to remind everybody that, uh, hey, if you have not done so, jump on over to our webpage, www.fishhuntnw.com. You'll see the FHN20 coupon, going to get you 20% off all edge rods all the time as we are teamed up with edge rods. If any rods that you're purchasing <clears throat> via edge rods online, um, you're going to get 20% off at checkout when you enter the coupon code FHN20 if the rod is not already under some other type of special or coupon code. So take advantage of that, please do so. Um, Tommy, we have all kinds of fisheries going on. Area 10 is cranking for coho right now. Yeah, still phenomenal. Yep, doing really well. Uh, Willapaw Chinook fishery is uh, actually doing very well. Um, are we going to see a reopener on this lower Columbia? I know. Waddleville for recreational opportunity. It's a cliffhanger. We have some information in regards to that we're going to get to a little bit later on in the show. So as we get stampeding through this, because we got a lot to get to, running down the show for tonight, welcoming back uh, to the show, Mike Groff, Four Season Fighters, the first annual gala, what it's all about. This is something you're going to want to pay attention to. Back in the bait lab, yep, tonight I'm starting a four-part series, Egg Cure 101. This is a four-week series starting tonight. What cures and ingredients to use, when and why? Lots of questions on that, Tommy, so I'm going to try to clear that up. Tommy Donlan had a fantastic interview with a friend of ours, Aaron Walker. You remember him from Battlefish Days. Aaron Walker was down there at the Invitational. Great little segment they threw together. It's truly a fish story, one you'll want to hear. The Iwaka Tuna Club Invitational Recap. 
We will get to that later on in the show. I'm going to show you folks what that is all about. If you're not accustomed to seeing some of these tuna events, this, uh, this will kind of recap everything for you. Get a gist of what it all goes down at the weigh-in and the awards, what it's all about, how much money gets doled out, especially at this particular event. And then we're going to continue our ongoing series with, uh, yep, the man himself, Tommy Donnell, Tuna Talk with Tommy, as we continue our weekly tuna information and educational uh, component tonight, how to read chloro and SST charts. Tommy, I'm very excited about this one. This will be uh, some solid information from you, my friend. And of course, we'll uh, wind it up, close out the show. we got some more information to get to with Mike. He's not just sitting here because he's so good looking. He's sitting here because you've got some information. To share. So, uh, yeah. I don't know what that says about me, so, but hey. Uh, you know, you work hard at it. <laughs> so, anyway, tell hey, you what, effort. we are going to bounce out for a quick break. We come back. Mike Groff in the hot seat, Four Season Fighters, what the gala is all about and uh, why you need to attend. All that and more, we come back from this rig right here at Fish on Northwest. Defiance Marine is the one-stop shop for the Pacific Northwest Angler. Defiance Marine guarantees the best price on a new and best service on a repower for your current boat. Defiance Marine is a Honda Premier dealership and one of the largest on the West Coast. Defiance Marine is a boat dealer who proudly sells Defiance, Allied, and Arima boats. All boats are built by West Coast fishermen for West Coast fishermen. Defiance Marine has all your boating needs to help you get out on the water. If you're looking for the best fishing rods in the world, you really do need to take a look at the edge rods. I designed and built new machinery, and I think this new machinery has enabled us to build blanks like no other company can build without this equipment. There is no other rods in the world that are as good as these rods. You owe it to yourself to take a good look at them. Welcome back, Fish on Northwest, Wayne England, Tommy Donlin, and in-studio guest, Mike Groff, Four Season Fighters, co-founder of Four Season Fighters, and also the Chief Operating Officer. That's kind of a big fancy title you got going on there, buddy. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. Thanks yeah, for having me. Absolutely. Hey, so you guys have been working hard to launch your first annual Four Season Fighter Gala, September 23rd, Friday. Um, tell us, what is that about? Uh, first off, credit words do a lot of that. Uh, is done by my bride and our who's our events coordinator. She's been yeah. killing it. Um, the the why we're having this uh, for those of you familiar with what we do, um, we've been operating since 2018. And obviously the need has been great. Uh, what we've been doing has been extraordinary and been very blessed to be a part of that. Uh, unfortunately, the need is well past what we you know we've been able to do. Um, and supplement ourselves or, you know, it's been a very grassroots bottom, mm -hmm. bottom brick people giving, but um, the need is bigger and we're getting asked to do more things. We want to do more things, help more people. So we've never had a fundraiser before. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little awkward for us, I think, because, you know, this, we're just get it done type people. And so, but we've realized that this is bigger than ourselves. Hey, and, this stuff costs money, man. And it does to people. Unfortunately, yeah. right. The logistics that go with that is, is we're out of place now we're with, what we do that we need, mm -hmm. we need support and help with that so that we can do more and we can make good long lasting changes with folks. Well, the demand drives the need for the funds to take care of the folks you're taking care of, the firefighters, the cops, you know, the PTSD, mm -hmm. the things we talked about the last time mm -hmm. you and Zach were here and, and Tim and 
um, and also, you know, the, the service members, right, yep. that are struggling. So yep. um, this is a full-on, like, upscale event, black tie, cocktail. Yes, sir. Firefighters, uh, go ahead, wear your Class A's, uh, full-service dress, uniform. Pretty, uh, pretty classy, uh, schnazzy event you guys are throwing together here. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a really neat event, but I think, you know, as we were debating what type of event to have, mm -hmm. um, is it would be something nice where, you know, I'm not a big go out and get dressed up guy. Right? Yeah, really me neither. Either. But, yeah, yeah, <laughs> really, Tommy? Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. The, the, the sleeveless thing gave it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? But, you know, something where we could take, you know, your wife, your girlfriend, your family, you know, and there's going to be a lot of really great people at this event. So every once in a while it's fun to do that. Uh, get dressed up. It's going to be a nice black tie event. It's going to be a great dinner. Um, there's going to be some fantastic people there. There's going to be some fantastic auction items there. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a really, really, really cool evening. Fantastic. Yeah. So, so speaking of auction items, kind of give us a rundown. What's on the agenda? Sure. Uh, so there's going to be a VIP hour uh, prior to the main the kind of event starting of uh, hors d'oeuvres and champagne and kind of getting to hang out with. Uh, some of the people that are going to be there, um, and then we'll follow that by bringing everybody back in to the tables. Everybody's got seated at tables, and uh, uh, the sheriff's office is going to do a color guard. We're going to kind of start off the awesome. ceremony with uh, with color guard and presenting the colors, and we're having a table for um, fallen and missing right uh, soldiers and service folks. Uh, I think they're going to do a, a tribute, a 21 bell ring. Uh, for that too. Um, nice. Beautiful. Um, and then that'll go, we'll start serving dinner um, and we'll have a little bit of time where I'm going to kind of introduce, we'll have a few speakers, myself and probably Zach and then um, our buddy Jose. So kind of what we're doing, why we're doing it, the silent auction will be kind of happening while dinner is happening. Uh, hear, hear from myself and Zach and then from Jose who was actually the first person that we took out, which right. is what started this and right. kind of what the impact for him has been. And then, yeah, we uh, watched that mm -hmm. video first time you guys yeah. were here. It's, it, yeah. is, uh, it is heartwarming. Yeah. It is amazing to watch him go get that animal. You guys yeah. did an amazing job. What um, You got this auction going on. Mm -hmm. If persons can't actually be at the event, can't make it to the event, can they participate in the auction? Yep. So they're actually uh, online prior to the even to the gala. Um, the company that's sort of managing that for us, uh, they're going to post that online. So you'll see a bunch of the auction items before the actual event. And whether or not you're at physically at the gala or not, you can still bid on items. Obviously, you can still go to the website. You can do donations prior to that if you mm -hmm. want to do specifically for that event or for procurement or just to kind of help us uh, logistically with getting things accomplished. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And uh, all the money goes towards you guys being able to take these you know, wounded service members, uh, folks struggling with the mental side of things, PTSD, all yep. those you know, um, service folks who wear the uniform day in and day out. Uh, this is your ability to get them out on these hunts, on these fishing trips, on these group functions, the things that we've uh, covered in the past, right? Yep, and 100% of that goes towards our mission. There's nobody that gets That's paid. Fantastic. That's very That's important awesome. to us. Yeah, so. you guys yeah, are all really volunteer cool. and put in a heck of a yep. lot of time. So, yeah. man, you know what? Uh, this is an important event. Um, where can persons find out information about it and get tickets? Uh, website's probably the best place. Yep. So www.4seasonfighters, F-O-U-R, yep. seasonfighters.org. Okay. Uh, there'll be a pop-up for the gala. You can see that. You can see the story. There's a donate button. Sure. All that good stuff. We'll cover that again towards the end of the show. I want to remind folks where to go and get tickets and awesome. uh, why you need to attend this event, what the monies go towards. It's a phenomenal group of uh, men and women doing great things to take care of those who serve. So, all right, we're going to jump out for a quick break. We come back. Uh, yeah, don't go anywhere. We're going to be in the bait lab for a real quick tutorial. 
Going to break it down for you. Uh, this is installment one, four-part series on curing eggs. It's that time of year to start targeting those salmon in those tributary uh, areas. So, uh, yeah, starts tonight, four-part series, Egg Curing 101. We come back right here at Fish on Northwest. Allied, the new leader in heavy gauge aluminum boats. Allied boats have standard reverse china and lifting rakes to help you plane faster and run at lower RPMs. Allied boats have several models to choose from, ranging from a 19-foot Mustang all the way up to a 32-foot Liberator. So regardless of what type of heavy gauge aluminum boats you are looking for, Allied boats will have it for you. Contact Allied boats today to learn more about these incredible fishing machines. Hi, this is Joe and Megan from Archery World. Uh, we have four store locations. We are at the Lacey location right now. I uh, just want to highlight some of our camping gear. We have uh, Mystery Ranch packs. We have crispy boots. We have six-hour optics. We carry Havilon knives. We carry Garmin products as well. So it's not just archery. We want to try to make this one-stop shopping for you guys. And so if you need it and it puts you in the outdoors, we probably have it. So come down and see us. Hey, welcome back, Fish on Northwest Lab. Uh, Bay Lab presentations by Sportco and Max Lure. So basically, what we have here is a variety of options when it comes to curing eggs. Now, the first thing, really, what it comes down to is you have to figure out the quality of eggs that you have harvested that you plan to cure. Do I use a sulfite-based cure, a non-sulfite-based cure, a liquid brine of some sort? How do I decide? what to use and what exactly do sulfites do so tonight i want to just quickly run through some of the basic principles of these cures in the types of eggs that are best suited and help you choose or decide which cure is gonna is gonna suit your needs okay so a couple options right now we're we're coming up on the end of summer we have some fish entering into the terminal areas but we still have a lot of fish out in the salt water when we get an opportunity again we have fish in the lower parts of the columbia uh great lakes region we have uh fish staged up out there in the main body of waters that you know in a couple months will be heading towards the rivers if they haven't already those fish that have a longer migration to go to its uh, natal spawning ground or hatchery uh, you'll find those eggs are much uh, tighter in presence. So in other words, they might be three quarters, you know, 75% developed. Uh, they have a lot of skin around them. Uh, so the skeins are really tight. And so though they're, they're uh, not immature by any means, they're almost fully mature, but they have a lot of skin intact. And that's the key. You have a really tight skein with really tight eggs and those are phenomenal to cure. As we enter later into the uh, summer here, get into the early parts of fall, we start getting those fish moving up into the rivers, the tributaries. Those mature fish will now have fully developed, full mature eggs. And as that membrane, as that skin around the skein begins to break down, those eggs become loose. Those eggs, the skin is weak. It's, they don't stay together very well. Now, if I utilize a sulfite-based cure on those much more mature eggs, I'm probably not going to be happy with the results. I get questions all the time. My eggs won't stay together. I cured them. I caught a fish in this river. I cured them up. One or two casts, the eggs come off the hook, or they milk out really fast. Well, sulfite cures have a great uh, place to be utilized and they work fantastic. With Potskis, it's fire cure, it's a sulfite based cure. I use it all the time, but I'm using it on skeins that are much tighter and a little less mature than those fully developed mature eggs that I get out of the river. Okay, so something to keep in mind.
What are sulfites? Sulfite, uh, sodium sulfite, sodium uh, metabisulfite, sodium bisulfite. These are basically food preservatives. And, uh, the, the long and short of it is they're a type of preservative. Uh, sodium metabisulfite has been used in pharmaceutical for years. Uh, sodium uh, metabisulfite and sodium bisulfite are a higher grade of preservative that you probably can't really get your hands on, more of a pharmaceutical grade. Sodium sulfite is one that is sold typically uh, at your uh, retail outlets, your sporting goods stores and whatnot. There are some companies that put out sodium sulfite to use in egg cures, and I do have some on hand and use it from time to time. The other thing about these uh, sulfite-based uh, products is that there is, in some regards, on some of them, an inhalation hazard. That's why some of them are a little tougher to come across. But you know, the long and the short of it is, in today's uh, world and in the fishing industry, a company like Potsky's pretty much puts everything out there that you need when it comes to curing eggs. So um, I will use the sodium or the uh, sulfite-based properties for uh, curing eggs, again, that are more mature. One thing about sodium sulfite that we know, you know, often you hear people say, well, sodium sulfite is important because it's a bite stimulant. Well, truly, it's a food preserve, okay? The thing about sodium sulfite and using it to preserve food is that, uh, you know, they put it on foods to retain because uh, you want it to retain its color. You want it to retain its ability to uh, last longer in the refrigerator. So it doesn't do anything to tighten and shrink or, or tighten the skin. Sodium sulfites don't do that. They don't tighten and, uh, you know, shrink the skin. Fire brine, for example, a liquid brine, does in fact tighten the skin. That's why we uh, created it to tighten, uh, to tighten uh, uh, flesh bait type, uh, you know, herring and, and anchovy and whatnot. The, um, the uh, properties in this does a great job at tightening skin in meat. So of course it works really well for eggs and egg skein in skin. Uh, Baraxyl fire does the same thing. It tightens the skin. So you know, sodium sulfite has its place. Um, sodium sulfite cures have their place. And these other types of cures that tighten skin also have their place. And mixing and matching is something that I like to do. So over the next several weeks, we're gonna break it down for you. I'm gonna show you the difference between tight, tight skein, loose skein, and the exact cure you should be using the results that you want. All right, gonna do it for us here in the Bay Lab. Contract Security Service provides day-to-day -day peace of mind as they protect people and property. Here at Phoenix, we provide service for multiple state and federal contracts with services ranging from uniform, patrol, alarm monitoring, canine detection, executive protection, as well as investigative work. Recruiting highly qualified officers is the first step in building a strong team. If you are prior military or law enforcement, go to www.phoenixprotectivecorps.com and apply today. New days, new beginnings, new friends, new loves. New dreams, new goals, new scenery, new job. No matter what the next chapter holds, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate will be there to help you find the new that's right for your lifestyle at any stage of your life. Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate. Expect better. Aaron Walker, Team Lockshot, brother. Hey, nice work today. It sounds like you found a lot of fish, but there was one fish 
They really stole the show. Tell us about this. We were just rolling in the green water, and we were, the fight was good. And we were picking them up, picking them up, picking them up. And all of a sudden, our Nomad DTX-165 just buried, boom, on the corner. And it buries the rod as flat. Like, holy So Dean Ferguson runs over there, grabs the rod. He's like, this is not an albacore. It's just dumping our accurate, right? Well, holy We clear the lines. We're like, back down, back down. So we start backing down, back down. And we quickly realize this fish is not only not an albacore, but something larger than we've ever experienced ever offshore. Fish takes off across the ocean, dump and then accurate. We turn the boat, start running, catch up, start picking up line, picking up line, picking up line. We get back up close to the fish and we get up after our mono one time and the fish is sound. Just on the rail, pan, just can't even do it. Just, just dumps the reel again, right? So Dean's like, okay, yeah, okay. So we, we turn around and the fish kind of is coming up to the surface again, right? And so we turn the boat, we run up it again, and we get up there and we're like, back to mono, back to mono. Get up down tight, that thing just dumps the reel again, right? So Dean's like, dude, I'm done. So I grab the rod. I'm like, all right, let me have this thing, right? I'm gonna show you how this is done. And when I grabbed that rod, I like, I felt the weight of this fish. I was like, holy, this is like something I've never felt ever offshore. Now, at the closest you had this fish, how close do you think you had him? 20, 30 feet. 20, 30 feet. Come to the surface and we'd run up there and get all our money back over. But as soon as we got up close, we just buried him in, right? So we're like, press for time okay we got two hours run now it's like we got five minutes so we start cranking down the drag cranking down the drag this is an hour and 30 minutes later wow i mean foul big gear the dream offshore and you're like we're gonna get the biggest tuna or you know we're trying to figure out what it was right right, uh, right. was it a big giant bluefin was it a big giant blue marlin was it a giant fresher shark salmon shark right what right. has i mean when i felt that fish it was now how big how big a tackle are we talking like what was your main line your spectra your leader how I big are we talking 80 pound spray and 80 or 60 pound fluorocarbon leader on a number sure right so i mean i had and i was probably putting 25 30 pounds of drag on wow so wow. one point in the fight we ran up on the fish and i backed the drag down twisted the nut uh -huh. It went to full Marianne, uh -huh. right? It's like, yeah. okay, now it's time to... We gotta make it happen. We gotta get this fish, right? And the sheer bolt of that fish is just was no match, really. Yeah. I mean, if we would have had another 45 minutes an hour... Right, could have played him out a little I bit more. So. Yeah. Now we have to live with ourselves. I know. Club, and I'm back. assuming the leader parted. Actually, right, right where the nomads tied on. Uh -huh. You can see the fluorocarbon thinned down. Yeah. Yep, stretched and thinned down. But we, what kind of nomad was it? You said it was a 165. Was the pink back. Oh yeah, belly. that's my favorite, man. I don't want to say that out loud. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not like this is going on TV. It only accounted for half of our fish. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, no, that program. That lure. So, yeah. anyway. Hey, nice work, brother. Congratulations. Well, I wish we would have got it. Yeah. Now it's just a fish story. That's right. Forever in our mind. And hey, that's what keeps us going back.
right, welcome back in the studio. Nicely done on the uh, interview there, mister. You know, what Aaron described is part of the addiction. It's, I mean, it's why we tuna fish. You never know what's going to happen. You absolutely never know. Yeah, he was. Uh, they fought that thing for an hour and a half, if you didn't catch that, in uh, his animated version of yep. what was going on. Their description of his accurate reel and, you know, how much line was peeling off and the thing was smoking. Literally smoking, he said, right? Yeah. Well, so, you know, and, and that's what people don't realize. It's not just Albuquerque tuna. We've got, we had a marlin sighting during that tournament as yeah, well. Absolutely. Uh, Team did. Fat Cats are yep. the marlin. Yep. There was a handful of Dorado caught, yes. yellowtail caught. Yep. We have swordfish up here. We've got makos. We've got threshers. We've got salmon sharks. So who knows? Who knows? Well, and it's uh, it's always a variety, and it depends on temperature. We got 68 degree water out there right now in mm -hmm. some of those areas these guys are fishing, and you know the Dorados were getting caught for a couple of days in a row, busted some off, and yep. I saw on social media today we had a Dorado caught on one of the charters, and you know people are putting those pictures out there like, holy smokes, look at this, right? And we're thinking. Yeah. Yeah, that's been going on. This is uh, there were a number of them hooked into during this uh, tournament with 31 boats, right? There was, and there uh, was. guys were reporting on it. So there uh, was also about a 350 pound thresher shark that washed up on the beach down there too. Oh, there was. There was. When did that? There happen? was. Um, here about three days ago, two oh, three no days kidding. ago. Yep. Interesting. Yep. And they had determined that that shark was too heavy to move, and they had to do the the biopsy right on the beach. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Well, uh, it was a pleasure being down there. We had an absolutely great time. So, uh, hey, if you are tuning in this evening, stick around. Second half of the show coming up after the break on our live stream. Tuning in on Root Sports, appreciate you uh, tuning us in. Catch us here every week with uh, new live content. We'll be back right after this break for the second half of the show right here at Fish on Northwest. Sergeant Daniel Motor began his tour of duty on October 21st, 1996, and ended his tour on June 27, 2020. On the authority of Constable Carlos D. Lopez of the Travis County Constable's Office, Precinct 5, badge number 504 is officially retired, and Sergeant Dale Moulter is 1042. Godspeed, Sergeant Moulter. Honoring fallen law officers of 2021. The 2022 end of watch ride begins in May from Spokane, Washington. The ride across the country to honor the men and women of law enforcement who paid the ultimate sacrifice in their service to our communities will cover more than 23,000 miles. We ride to ensure that no fallen officer or their family is ever forgotten. EOW relies on sponsors and donations to cover this cost. Please consider donating to help support the families and departments of the fallen officers. You can donate by visiting our website at www.endofwatchride.com forward slash donate. Please support the blue. All right, welcome back in studio here to Wayne England, Tommy Dolan, and guest uh, Mike Groff. We have more to get to with you, Mike, so don't go anywhere. We have a little bit of tuna talk to do. This is In Our Backyard presented by Phoenix Protective Corp. Check out everything they got going on. If you're looking for employment, Phoenix Protective Corp. Dot com. Tommy, a little bit of tuna talk with you. It's been going on for a couple of weeks here, man. Are we are we starting to run out of information? Never. You know what? I was just thinking <laughs> like, we need to start like a fish hunt university. Yeah, yeah. And I could be a full-time professor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Professor and, and I'll be the chair of the tuna nice department. Okay. Yes. How about that? Chair of the tuna department. Yeah. Is that a yeah. fighting chair of the tuna department? Sure. It uh, sure could be. Fighting chair. Yeah. We don't need fighting department. chairs for our tuna, no, but in some fisheries you might. No, we don't. Yeah. So the first thing I want to mention, Jeff Wilson, shout out to you, man. 17 tuna. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Great okay. Job. Nice great work, job. brother. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Hey, we had another comment here uh, that I want to talk briefly about before we jump into the main talk, uh, topic of SSTs and chloros. Um, comment is, 
I think the tuna fishermen on the Oregon coast and the Washington coast, you better start using bigger gear like they use on the East coast for bluefin tuna. It's like 130 wide pen reels um, and basically roller guide fishing rods and a roller tip. Mm -hmm. So the reason that we do not do that is because it's an albacore tournament, you know, first and foremost. So the majority of the fish, I mean, to be honest with you, the average size this year is lower than what we've seen in years past, and it's typically around 16 to 18 pounds. Yeah. Not a big fish. No. Not a big fish, no. right? The biggest fish of this tournament was just over 25 pounds, um, even by albacore measure in our waters. That's a that's a, a that's a modest fish. That is not a, a large albacore tuna. Um, the other thing is you cannot run the game that we run with these tuna with 130 whites. You're not going to take five 130 whites and clear them out of the way and then start live bait fishing with with, you know, a very small, accurate 400 size reel, right? That is not going to happen. <laughs> that is not going to um, happen. And you're not, you don't, you're not going to find your average albacore fisherman going to the store and buying a $1,000, 130 wide, and then filling it with another $300 of line, sure. and then getting an $800 rod to pair it with, and then doing that five times over. What are we fly fishing here? Right. Now, the other thing, you know, if you if you listen to Aaron's interview, the thing that he mentioned is he talked about the leader that he was using, fluorocarbon 60-pound, right? Yeah. I mean, we are definitely focused in on, you know, albacore fishing with the understanding that if we encounter a swordfish, if we encounter a thresher shark, right, or a mako, there's a high, there's a chance we're not going to land those fish, right? Sure. And that's just, that's part of the game when you're fishing a high money albacore tournament, which is what this was with the winner coming out with $53,000, right? Yeah. So you're not going to optimize around something that you're very unlikely to hook in the first place. Sure. Um, just for the chance that you yeah, might hook and land it. it's a low percentage target, right? It's like, we're going to go with the high percentage target. What are we out here going after? We're right. We're going to rig accordingly. We're not going to over rig. We're going to you know, stick within our means. And that's exactly what what everybody does right right absolutely so i just wanted to talk about that for a second um this installment here this is the fourth in the tuna series that i've covered um you know in the first one we talked about troll baits um basically what troll lures do you want to use how do you run them that kind of thing the second one was how to read weather how do you know when you go or stay at the dock um the third one was about um my ideal live bait setup uh and then the fourth one is right here and present, right? And that's sea surface temperatures and chlorophyll charts. Now, the important thing that I wanna really dial in here is that um, if you don't have a subscription to rip charts or satfish, you're not gonna know where to go, right? And yesterday's report from somebody else is only as good as yesterday. We've had plenty of times where, you know, we hammer the fish, we'll put 40 on the boat, we run out there the next day, the water's dirty, right? Or it's off temperature, or it's the water's blotchy, meaning that you gain temp, you lose temp, you gain temp, you lose temp, it's not consistent, right? So you cannot rely on reports. In fact, when we um, placed in the Washington Tuna Classic this year, the location that we went to was purely off of these charts and that's it because you know why the couple days before that the fishing went dead folks were coming back to the dock with a couple fish here a couple fish there nothing really reliable right and if you weren't looking at a sea surface temperature and chlorophyll charts you really didn't have an idea on where the tuna would be and there's a lot of things that you can tell from these images So the first thing I want to do, if you flash up the image, Jordan, is talk about the chlorophyll. The chlorophyll is going to be on the left side of your screen. Okay. Now, what is chlorophyll? Chlorophyll is a measure of plankton in the water. Effectively, it's a measure of clarity. And why is this important? Well, tuna 
with their giant eyeballs love to hang out in clear water, but they have to be near a food source. That food source is concentrated where the plankton is, so they're gonna dip into some of that dirtier, greener water feed and then dip back out or hang right on that edge. Mm. So this particular shot was taken just a few days ago and it really shows, if you look, and again, we're looking at chlorophyll measured in the milligrams per meter cubed. We're looking at that logarithmic scale at the bottom, which I know it's hard to see, but you're looking for 0.3 to 0.7 milligrams per meter cubed concentration. And when you look at this chart and you can see where Westport is just below where it's labeled Ocean Shores, you look directly offshore, you're gonna see Grace Canyon. And the first thing you're gonna notice is the green color and kind of the turquoise turning into blue. That break right there is where those tuna have been, been hanging out right inside of the 125 line 124.52, 124.55, kind of creeping out to 124.58. You can see that break right there, and that's where that clean water is, okay? So that's the first thing you need to understand. Now, the other reason I really like this spot right off of Westport is because if you look to the north and you look to the south, you're going to see that green color. And that green color denotes the fact that maybe you've got some off-color or dirtier water in there. And what happens is, is those tuna come into that peninsula of blue water. They go a little bit north and they go, ah, yeah, that's dirty. I'm going to stay out of that. Oh, they go a little bit south. Same thing. What happens is, is they get bottled in that area and they get concentrated. When they get concentrated, that's when you hit. That's when you have the melees, right? So that's your chlorophyll. If you look to the right, you've got your sea surface temperature chart. Now, the first thing I want to mention, and I always do this, is I adjust the temperature legend. So it starts with a range that goes from 50 degrees to about 71 degrees Fahrenheit. I bring that down. I, I try to scrunch the temperature gradient so that when you're looking at that color grade, it's 54 to 67, 55 to 67. Again, remembering that tuna will be in 56 degree water occasionally, but most of the time you're going to see them in 59 degree water and up you know, all the way up to 66 degree water. So I really want to exacerbate the breaks by making a smaller legend. So that's first and foremost. The second thing, and th the weird thing, I guess, too, is that time of day matters. This particular shot was taken at 924 in the morning. You really want a middle of the night or an early morning shot because you're getting zero effect from solar heating on the water. It's the true sea surface temperature, right? Not affected by the sun. The weird thing is, is that this year, for whatever reason, the satellite has not been providing shots at one in the morning, two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning. It's always kind of this late morning to middle of the day shot. And so you try to get that as early in the day as possible. It's not to say that the other shots, um, you know, you can't rely on, but you definitely try to get those earlier shots. Now, when you get into your app, and in this case, we're looking at rip chart shots, I'm looking at granule shots, meaning that I want a single unfiltered satellite shot. I don't want something that's a daily summary. I don't want a three-day summary. I want just one shot. Tell me what the water's doing, one shot. And then when you're looking for the breaks, I want a hard break. You know, I want something that goes from 56 to 61 degree water, right? The harder the break, the more likely it is that the tuna are just on the warm water side or the clearer side of that break. And when you can get a break, a temperature break that coincides with a color break that coincides with a topographical break or a bathymetrical break, i.e. the canyon, 
that is just a recipe for absolute melee, mm -hmm. okay? The tuna are gonna be there. Now, the thing is, when you look at these charts, the thing that you really wanna do is you wanna say, okay, my plan A is, and then pick a spot. My plan B is, and pick another spot. And it's just like hunting. You're doing a big game hunt, you're in you know, a couple units, you gotta have a plan A, and if that doesn't work out, a plan B, plan C, and so on. So kind of keep that in mind. Now, when you're looking at the color specifically, the tuna, especially later in the season, they're gonna get more and more comfortable with greener water, more comfortable with colder water, and they, you'll find them migrating into those areas. Also, the tuna in there uh, will typically also be larger fish. But I will warn you, we've seen tuna in 390, 400 feet of water plenty of times, and they are just picky. You'll see them busting the surface, foaming, boiling, blitzing the surface, and be damned if you can get them to bite. So just remember that, <laughs> yeah, you might see those tuna in close in that green water, but sometimes that doesn't always mean that you can convert those fish. How great is it you can use modern technology, satellite, satellite imaging, you know, a day or two ahead and really, you know, like when, to, you know, simplify it, it's like when I go fish the river, you know, yeah, there's, there's intel I gather uh, locally and whatnot. I want to, be, you know, maximize my opportunity and whatnot. But, I mean, we're talking about pinpoint accuracy and really drilling down on where I'm going to take my boat, how many miles offshore, and my first drop is going to be out here in the ocean. It's a big ocean last time I checked. Yeah, well, you nailed it. I mean, those that went before us, they had a compass, and they just said, I'm going to go west, right? Yeah. But this Hopefully is all, this them. is almost cheating, and it's funny because people often complain about, oh, well, I'm not, I don't want to pay for a subscription. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, look at the price of fuel. So you don't want to pay for a prescription, but you're going to buy all the gear, all the reels, the rods, right. outfit the right. boat, the fuel, yeah. as you just mentioned, the insurance, the maintenance, mm -hmm. all the things that it takes to simply pull off successfully one a tuna trip for the year. And yep. you're gonna you're gonna scrimp or make cutbacks on your intel. Right. Intel is it everything. Make I don't any care sense. if you're fishing or hunting or whatever. Intel mm -hmm. is the difference between a successful day and just getting damn lucky. Right. I mean, and, and at a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars for a year. Yeah. A year. Yeah, Ten bucks a month. That that is just it's cheap insurance and it oh, doesn't make 100%. sense to not have it. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. The two that I use are rip charts and satfish. Yeah. yeah. Those are the ones. Yeah. Yeah. And they uh, they do very well for you. Absolutely. <laughs> they do very well for you. So fantastic, really solid information as always. I told you guys, you're going to learn a thing or two from this uh, young man, and uh, he will continue to bring it as long as you continue to ask him to do so. I wish I was young. 39 now, man. Oh, my god! 39. Oh, 39, big 4-0 coming up next year. It's almost Time over. to retire. Time to retire. Pack it in. Uh, all right, we are going to jump out for a quick break. Thank you, Tommy. That was really good, uh, good stuff there for sure. We come back. Hey, we got to get Mike back in the hot seat here. We got a few things to talk about with four season fighters and um, exactly, you know, what's going on with them, where they're heading in the future, and how you need to be involved to support their cause. I strongly suggest it. Don't go anywhere. Out for a quick break. We'll be back right here at Fish on Northwest. A Northwest favorite for almost 40 years, Arima boats are manufactured with pride in Bremerton, Washington. All Arima boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why Arima boats are backed with a lifetime warranty. Arima can offer every boat with Honda outboard packages so that you can take advantage of the reliability and five-year top-to-prop warranty from your Honda outboard. Call or stop by Arima boats today and let them help you get into your very next boat. 
Hey, welcome back, Fish of Northwest, Wayne England, Tommy Donlin. And yes, Mike Groff still hanging out, uh, waiting his chance or opportunity. But Mike, before we get to you. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to wait, make you wait a little bit more. We're going to make you wait just a little bit longer yeah. here. Uh, a couple yet. things going on. So a lot of folks, uh, my phone's been blowing up almost every day, Tommy. Folks ask, hey, is this Columbia River going to reopen? So right now you can fish above Bonneville for salmon. And there's they're having some great success up there, by the way. This time of year. That upper stretch can uh, fish pretty well. The reach is about ready to get going to fish, and, you know, it's going to be cranking. But, hey, for us here, we're here on the west side. We'd like it to see a little closer to home. We'd like to get this lower river open back up. There was a meeting today, uh, but it was only to uh, come to terms and agreement of the uh, tribal conducted fisheries above Bonneville, which they do every year. And you can throw rocks at them and get mad, but uh, those are the contributing folks that put a bunch of those fish into mm -hmm. our fisheries that we get to take advantage of. When it's open, so um, you know they they get their opportunities as well. The uh, the bit of information that also came out of that meeting later on, I want to thank Bill Monroe Jr. for posting this out there and firing people up. Uh, recreational fisheries below Bonneville will now be discussed September 13th. Fingers crossed for this change in meeting schedule. So uh, the 13th—that's five days from now. Yeah. Why is that a problem? Well, because there is information that also came out today that the Thule Passage is typically 65% complete by September 7th. I'm like, okay, well, mm -hmm. today's the 8th, so we should be about 65-70%. Oh, no, not the case. That's based on the 10-year average run timing, Tommy. Mm -hmm. The Thule Passage to date over Bonneville is greater than the total passage projected at preseason. So... I would have to assume <laughs> yeah. that we're probably in excess of the benchmark 10-year model of 65%. Yeah. And I don't know what that number is. There's been no numbers posted as what that looks like. That's kind of been the ongoing conversation mm -hmm. I've had with folks. Like, well, what are they What are they looking for? What's the number? How many tulies need to be over Bonneville to then feel like we got all our tulies into the Kalama and the, the Lewis and the in the Cowlitz and all those mm -hmm. you know feeder streams, um, those contributing rivers in those tule programs that we're pumping out? So... I don't know what the number is. They're going to make us wait another five days until they even have a meeting. Just to have a meeting to discuss whether or not they're mm. going to open it to, to line and hook below Bonneville. So all of them up River Brights making their way on up the river, all of them coho. Yeah, just uh, we're sitting Untouched. on the sidelines. Sitting yeah. on the sidelines unless you want to hook yeah. the boat up and drive east. Uh, it can be done. So, uh, okay, that's the update there. Mike? Waiting patiently. Uh, hey, I want to thank you for coming, and uh, yeah. good night, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, Four Season Fighters, you said uh, 2018? 2018, yeah. 2018. The Genesis. Kicking this off, yeah. So let's yeah. talk a little bit more about the organization. So hunting season's coming up, right? Yep. I mean, obviously. Yeah. And uh, so moving into this fall season, do you guys have some trips lined up, and with whom, and what's what's kind of the goal? Who yep. are you getting out? Yeah, so we had our uh, kind of the, the trip that started all is this, the mule deer hunt uh, mm -hmm. that we did, and that's kind of that's kind of our baby. Just it's what we started with. You know, we've we've done a bunch of turkey hunts this year already, yeah. right? We we uh, we took two Marine brothers down to Texas earlier this year, up in uh, in in March, April, down floated the Devil's River and did that odd ad ram hunt. So, oh yeah, which was a remarkable trip I can um, mm -hmm. so yeah so we'll do our we'll do our fall stuff we had had an archery stuff lined up you know there's we've touched base with people in wyoming and montana and again kind of like the point of the fundraisers like everybody wants us to come and do stuff and the need is huge and so it's really it's really just how many how many hunts how many people can we can we help and work with that we just have the logistics and the financing for so um, so we're hoping to do some other things even later season. There's some people have asked to hey, come out 
have this block of property come hunt a late season deer oh, yeah. um, or down in Texas or hog mm-hmm. hunts or all sorts of different things. So trying to get all those things lined up. It's just, you know, uh, it's just a, it's just a logistics war, unfortunately with some of it. So, yeah. Yeah. So when you look back at all of these hunts that, um, you know, you provided to these deserving individuals over the years, like what are some of the most memorable hunts for, for these folks and yourself? You know, and you guys know, I mean, we do things a little differently and, and do it purposefully differently because um, we, we don't want what we do to be a, a high five, wasn't that a great weekend, and then you go on your life and there's no real long-lasting generational change. And so, you know, the ones the ones for me, well, for all of us, I still make them, it's still giving me goosebumps. <laughs> you know, like Aaron's, Aaron's hunt last fall is a great example of that. You know, we took Aaron, who was a double amputee, um, and was in a rough spot. And this is yeah. something he would tell you himself, and wasn't working and all that stuff. And we took him out on this hunt, and he had lost right arm, right leg, was right-handed shooter. We had to reteach to shoot left-handed, mm-hmm. left eye, non-dominant eye, the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Worked really hard, got him a fantastic, he got a fantastic deer, made a great shot at like 360 you know, first time shooting, you know, uh, but so then, you know, we, part of what we do, like you guys know, is we just don't take people out. We equip them. Right. So we give them part of what we do is that we want to give them rifles and equipment so they continue that. Well, mm-hmm. we sent Aaron's rifle down to the FFL dealership for him to pick up. Well, two weeks after that, we get a call. He's like, Hey, I got a job. Mm-hmm. I'm working here at the store. Oh, yeah. oh beautiful. Fantastic. Yeah. And like three Full weeks circle. later, we get another yeah. call. It's like, hey, I'm the assistant manager now, uh-huh. right? And That's then, awesome. Then three weeks after that, we get a call. It's like, hey, I'm going to go get fitted for a prosthetic because I want to mm-hmm. shoot a bow and take my kids out hunting. And so, like, those things. Changed his life. Yes. Yes. Real right? change. Yep. He has goals yeah. now. He's accelerating. He's just taking it, you know, yep. by the horns and just going forward. Yep. I mean, Fantastic dude. And it's just, you know, when we can make impacts like that. It's, oh, yeah. It's enormous. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, we're, we're lucky to be able to have relationships honestly with the vets that have served you know our country and so i think it's um i don't know i i i've gotten the chance to do a couple things like that along those lines and to me um that in my life those are some of the moments in the in the relationships that i cherish the most yeah for for sure sure. so the uh the gala event is september 23rd black tie dress you know cocktail uh, attire um where again where can folks go for so, uh, tickets and how much are they and how do folks get involved with this thing so go to the website www.fourseasonfighters.org uh ticket sales are going to be for two more days so you got today and tomorrow and then we have to close them out because the event place has a has a headcount stuff but i won't give away the whole the whole surprise but there's going to be great auction items there's going to be firearms and jewelry and weekend getaway packages and skydiving and Golf memberships and all sorts of really cool stuff. Really good stuff. And yeah. our auctioneer's name is Tucker Cool, for real. Oh, awesome! So, I mean, you know, Tucker Cool. How could you go Tucker wrong with cool. that? Yeah, how can you go wrong with that? Tucker right. Cool, right? So let me ask you this: If Fish on Northwest wants to purchase two tickets, mm-hmm. and then I can give those away to a couple that wants to attend you the bet. event, absolutely. Huh? Can I do that? Absolutely. So Fish on Northwest will pick up two tickets. They're one twenty-five a piece. Awesome, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna put those out. This so you have to. The purchase of the tickets is for two more days because you guys yep. got to get headcount and Correct. food and everything. And I, so I get that. So I'm encouraging you go to www.fourseasonfighters.org, look on their website. It'll and navigate you right to the event, right to the ticket purchase and the different levels of purchase and what that all means. So please take some time and go do that um, and plan on spending the evening there on the 23rd to a phenomenal event. In the meantime, 
I'll, uh, I'll purchase two tickets here. Uh, the company awesome. will purchase two tickets, and then Tommy and I will somehow next week, we'll give those away on Thursday cool. to a deserving couple or a couple buddies that want to go or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but two folks are going to go attend the uh, first annual gala on yeah. our, our dime. Just uh, send folks to you guys and yep. let, I mean, for crying out loud, you guys put me on a turkey hunt that was just a mind blow, mm-hmm. and all I did was retire from the fire department. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it was a, it was an amazing trip. We had some really uh, good time together, quality time. Um, came home with a, another 410 shotgun, Harper's first shotgun, and uh, you know, all the gear and everything. I d- didn't need all that, but you guys are like, nope, you're more deserving. You're just as deserving as anybody else. And yep. I was, I was taken back, man. It was unbelievable. The, the flag, yeah. And most importantly, the relationship. Oh, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. So, that's, yeah. That's so, okay, we'll purchase two tickets for that event, and we're going to send two folks to that uh, on the 23rd, September 23rd. So, if you're uh, tuning in here or watching this through the weekend, uh, be in mind, and we're going to put that out there on our social media platforms to get people to, you know, want to step up and. I don't want these tickets going to somebody who's not going to go. It's like if you're seriously going to go, experience this event and uh, mm-hmm. take it all in and the dinner and the auction, the whole deal, and want to get dressed up, take your uh, take your significant other out for the evening, this is an event that you definitely want to go to. So Friday, September 23rd. Friday. Friday, yes, September sir. 23rd. Friday. Yes. Friday night. Yep. Get a yep. babysitter. There you go. Yep. Right on. All right, Mike, I want to thank you for making the drive thanks down. For, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, safe travels on the way home and that uh, two-wheel beast you have out thanks. there. Yeah. you got to give me a jump, so. Oh, yeah. Yep. Not <laughs> a problem. Uh, leave the headlight on and, uh, you know, roll the dices. Anyway, hey, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Had a great time tonight. Tommy, well done as always. Nice. Thank you, sir. And uh, we will be back next Thursday. We'll be putting the information out during the week. We'll get these tickets in hand and be giving them away to two lucky folks who will be attending the gala event on Friday, September 23rd with Four Season Fighters and Mike and the fellas and uh, all the folks involved with this thing. So, again, thanks for coming down. Yeah, Had a great time. Yeah, thank all you. Right. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you next week right here at Fish on Northwest. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Fish on Northwest weekly podcast. I want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show on our Facebook page and, of course, our YouTube channel every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. West Coast time. You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the bait lab, the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, and finally, Go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.